Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. Uh, this morning, I, I want to begin by, by kind of talking about um, an opportunity that I have with students. So I get the opportunity to coach high school basketball. And so they're, they're, they're guys that come in um, to play for us. And, and I, you know, it, when we start the season, I can see everybody's skill level. I know where everybody is. I know exactly uh, what they're capable of. And most of the guys, most of the guys, I can see what, what their potential is. And just to be honest, we have some, some guys are maxing out their potential, and some are not. And that's what I believe happens on every team, that you could ask every coach in America and, and say, hey, are all of your guys getting the very most out of what they have? And I would guess that they would say, not all of them. And in fact, this week uh, was the NBA draft, and, and for a a basketball coach, the NBA draft is a big deal. I know it's not for most of you, but for, for me to watch the NBA draft, it was a, a big deal. And the, and the first pick in the draft was a, was a man named Victor Wimbanyana, and, and he is 7'5". Anybody in here 7'5"? Do you have kids? That's what I want to know, really. That's what I, I, need to, I need to know if you have a young son that might want to. No, just kidding. Right? 7'5". He's 7'5". He's but imagine... Imagine if he hadn't really worked on his game. Like, he's not the first pick in the draft because he's 7'5", because there are other players around the world who are 7'5". He's, he's drafted in, by, the, by the San Antonio Spurs as the first pick because he's developed to the highest potential he can at this moment. He's worked and worked and worked and worked and, and, and not not settled. Now, I've had, also had the opportunity to, to lead and, and lead uh, companies and, and organizations and been in management, and, and I've seen people that I could, I could see them, and, and I would think, man, if you could just, just a little bit, if you could just give just, I mean, just, just a little bit, if you, if you could understand what the potential would be, if you, if you just ratchet up the intensity just a little bit, or if, if you could just see what is possible for you if and most of the time, people are like, eh, I'm good. I'm all right. Like, as, as long as they're not last, right, as long as they're not the worst worker on the job, they're okay. doesn't matter if they could be better. It doesn't, doesn't matter how, how well they do. The only thing they're, they're concerned about is, are they, are they good right now? Are you, are you good in this moment? And, and instead of, of saying, Hey, uh, m- maybe I could do a better job. I think that we do that with kind of all of the things that we have in our life. That for us, we we are way um, <clears throat> we are way too quick to just become complacent. That that for us, complacency becomes a way of life. Just just to be honest, I think that we do that in every facet of our life. That as long as I'm not the worst, I don't have to be the best. I just don't want to be at the very bottom. I just want to be somewhere in the middle. And as long as I'm in the middle, that will be 
fine. Instead of saying, what is it that God is calling me to, to be today? Right? And Jesus cares about what you do. Do you know that, that I have Scripture, we'll talk about this in a, in a minute, but Jesus doesn't want you to just settle. Jesus doesn't want you complacent. And I know that the, there's a tendency to just think, well, all I have to be is okay. It's, as long as I'm okay, then I'm okay. I'm okay being okay. Are you okay? That's the way that we treat a lot of the things that we do in, in life. Because just to be fair, in the United States, we have a pretty good life. Now, I know it's not, I know it's not great for everybody, and you may have some struggles, and I get that. But most of us are eating today. Most of us. And if you're in here today or you're joining, like if you don't have food, then look around. Somebody can get you some today. It's not as if we're all meeting together to see who's going to go get the food today for all of us. Right? There are places in the, in the world where that's the reality. So we, we, we're okay. We got food in the fridge. We got a car that we drive. All of those kinds of things. And, and so, so we're, we're in a good spot. But I want to talk to you about a passage in Revelation chapter 3. And in Revelation, it's, it's the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's what Revelation is. That we get to see uh, what Jesus looks like all through the Scriptures in Revelation. In, in Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3, there's, this, there's these letters that are written to churches, seven churches. And people have speculated about what the churches were. Maybe they were church ages. Maybe they're specific churches. Maybe they're countries. All of those kind of things people have speculated. But let's just take it at face value. This is a letter to, the, to this specific church. So Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 14, says this. Uh, Write this letter to the angel, the messenger of the church of Laodicea. This is a message from the one who is the Amen. So this is the beginning of, of the letter to the church, right? This is, this, is the this, is, this, is, this is the message from the one who is the amen. Now, most of us would say an amen goes at the end, right? This is an amen at the beginning. I'm confused, right? Like most of us would say, I know, I know when somebody's done praying because that's when they say amen, right? That's, that's how I know. I know that... I know that amen comes at the end. I know that's, that's when Pastor Brandon gets done praying because he says amen. Now, there's some folks that, that sometimes have different rhythms in their prayer, but I know that at the end of the day, when he says amen, that's the end. Well, why, why, is, why is amen at the beginning here? A, amen, think about it like this, would be uh, is the, the idea is this is right or this is so. This is truth, right? That's why they put it at the end. So you would, would pray, Lord, let it be done, amen that this is true, that this is the truth. And so, so in the beginning of this letter is this statement that, that, that Jesus makes that he is the truth. This is, this is a message from the one who is the truth, and it is fully true. It's about the truth, and it's from the truth, all true. And so he, he repeats that. And we had a whole series on the idea of on repeat, and he says, the faithful and true witness Again, so this is, this is the truth coming from truth about the truth. This is the truth. Do you understand? It's really important that you get this. 
This isn't something random. This is something very specific. And he's, he's going to deal with something that's incredibly eye-opening. But you have to understand, this isn't just something that's random. This is the truth. The beginning of God's new creation. In verse 15, it says, I know all the things that you do. Jesus knows all the things that you do. Jesus knows all the things that you do. All of them. All of them. It's really important that you get this. He knows all the things. Jesus knows all the things. So there's some stuff that you think, I I can do this because I'm not at church, or I can do this because I'm not with my Christian friend, or I can do this because I'm not around Pastor Q or Pastor Brandon or Pastor Melody. Like, I I can do this because Jesus knows all the things that you do, all of them. When you're... When you think you're alone, when you're, when, when you're with the, the certain friends that you do the stuff with, he sees it all. All of it. And that's the truth. He says, I know all the things that you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. That's a strange statement, right? He says, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish it that, were, that you were one or the other. I wish that you were one or the other. Grab hold of that thought for a second. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of, out of my mouth. Now, this is one of those statements that sounds really harsh, and it is, because, because Jesus is making a statement about this, this church, about, this, about these people. Laodicea uh, was a town that had two towns. It was kind of between two towns. One was... Heropolis and, and, and the other one was Colossae. And Heropolis had hot springs. And, and even back then, hot springs are the same, are used for the same kinds of things hot springs are used for now. Think of a hot tub, right? That's, that's what a hot spring's good for. Anybody here like to be in a hot tub? Don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Right? Like, yes, everybody likes to be in a hot tub, right? Every, why? Because it's medicinal. You feel better. Man, I feel so much better. Ah, right? That's what it feels like. Yes, this is incredible. Hot, hot water all around me. Ooh, bubbles, steam, all the stuff, right? Like, this is great. That's what Aeropolis was. In, in fact, I, I, I was telling the first service that when I got baptized, the, the water was hot in the baptistry. I mean, hot. It was hot. And the, 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 the pastor had a bad back, and he got in the, in the water. He walked down the stairs. And then as, as the water hit his back, he just went like this. Oh, oh, it feels good. Except he didn't know the microphone was on. Right? So, so the microphone in front of him had him, while I was walking down the stairs with the curtain where nobody could see anything, they just heard from, like it was a voice from God, right? Oh. And then the curtains open, and there I am. That's, that's, that's what the angel said when Jesus let me in. That's what I think. That's what, that's what, right? Like hot springs are the same now as they were then, right? That's medicinal. It's to help you. It makes you, makes you feel better. On the other end, Colossae was, was, was a place that had cold water. Water would, would, 
would basically snow would melt off the mountain and it would come down, and they would have these, this cold water. And just like here or anywhere else in your life, I was watching a video the other day, and somebody was, don't judge me. I was watching a video of somebody mowing a yard in 111-degree weather, 111. And they drank, he drank three or four bottles of water. Why? Because it cooled him down. It was refreshing. Right? So th- that's, that's what he's saying. I wish that you were either hot springs, medicinal, helpful, or that you were refreshing. Refreshing not just in life, but to other people. I wish that you were one or the other, but you're not. You're lukewarm. And Laodicea was a place that even the people there didn't like their water. And so they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about in this letter. They would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about, that this is <laughs> yuck, not good. He says, I, I, wish, I wish that you were either hot or I wish that you were cold, but in fact, you're just lukewarm. And he might be talking to the church in our country. That I wish that you were either hot, helpful, or cold, encouraging, refreshing. But you're not. And all that's going to happen is you're going to be spit out. It's serious. This is, you can see this is serious conversation that's having, being had in this, in this letter. It says, I don't, I don't want to spit you out of my mouth. I, I really wish, so hear this, I wish that you were one or the other. Does Jesus have a plan for your life? I wish you were hot. I wish you were cold. Instead, you're not. Don't be, don't be fooled into thinking that Jesus doesn't have a specific plan for you. Don't, don't be fooled into thinking that he just doesn't care or he's okay with you just sliding by, that you're just good enough. Everything will be all right. No, he wants you to either be hot or cold, that you would be helpful or encouraging. That, I mean, that's, that's our job as a church, right? We're supposed to be helping people and building people up. We're supposed to be a hospital and edifiers. That's what, that's what we're supposed to look like. It's not just the church. It's us as individuals. That's what we should be. And he says, I wish you would be one or the other, not ugh, the other stuff. In verse 17, it says, you say that I'm rich. I have everything I want, and I don't need a thing. And if that isn't our, the churches in our country, I don't know what is. I mean, honestly, we're rich, right? Y'all get that? I mean, like, rich compared to the world standards. Um, now, I know it, it could get... It's crowded in here today. I, I hope it's crowded in Summersville too, but, like, it's, it's crowded in here. And so on occasion, we have people that do this. And if I see two or three people do this, you know what I do? I get on my phone and I change the temperature. It must be hot. And then you know what I see? Somebody do this. I wish I had brought my blanket today. You know what I do? I get on my phone and change the temperature. Why? Because we're rich. Do you understand? We want, we want it to be perfect for you. We want it to be great for you. 
Now, listen, some of y'all just not happy even no matter what we do with the temperature. You have comfortable seats, mostly, right? It's not, not nobody's sitting on the floor, I don't think. Some people in the back might be, I don't think. You have nice room. We have this, check it out. Aren't you glad my head's not on that thing? That'd be, that'd be horrible. Just looking at you, shining a, a light on you. We have instruments. We have incredible musicians. Incredible. Incredible musicians. Talented. And speakers. Pastor Brandon and Pastor Mel, they are fantastic. We're rich, right? I mean, really, we could do this without God. That's what this church was doing. They were rich. They didn't, they didn't need God's help. They didn't want anything. They didn't need anything. They were, they were good. They were okay. They were okay being okay. And, and, and Jesus is trying to direct at them to be specific. You say that you're rich. You say that you, don't, you have everything that you want. You don't need anything. Do you know that this church historically is in, a, in, a, in the region of, of Turkey? And they, they, were, uh, they were a province of Rome, and they had, a, they had an earthquake in the area. And Rome was going to send them money. And this place was so rich, they didn't want help. But, listen, there's times when I can see that you're not okay, and I ask you, hey, are you okay? And you know what you tell me? Yeah, I'm okay. And I can see. I can see. I can see you're not. And although I'm offering to help, you say, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. It's the, same, it's the same thing. Think about it like this. How many of you consulted with God on every decision that you made yesterday? The last 24 hours. Why not? Because you don't need him. You're rich, right? You're rich. You don't need him. You don't, you don't, you don't need him. Like if you consulted him, it wasn't going to, in your mind, it wasn't going to impact your day. Like the, there was never the thought yesterday, if God doesn't show up today, what am I going to do? That, was, that was, wasn't on your radar at all for most of you. Why? Because you're rich. You don't want anything. Don't need anything. Jesus gets very specific. And you don't realize. You don't realize. You don't, you don't realize it. You don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You don't realize it. You think you have all that you need. You think you got it all figured out. See, I got a job. I mean, I got a job because I went to school, and I worked hard to get an education. I got my degree. I, I did that. I got hired because of the things that I said at the interview, because I was the commodity that the, that, the, that the business needed, and I drove to work in my car that I paid for. I did that. And I got out my phone and texted, called people, took pictures, 
on my stuff that I paid for. Jesus is saying, you you don't get it. You You don't realize. You don't realize the state that you're in. You don't realize that you have nothing without him. You don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You don't realize that. You don't, you don't realize the situation in front of you. You don't realize it. So he gives them some, some thoughts. Okay, now that, now that you see that you thought you were rich, but you're really not, but just like talking to any, anybody else, they're not going to get it initially either. So it says, so I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. So think about it like this. If you had a million dollars in the bank, how long is that going to last? What you think is forever, right? That's what you think, forever. It's going to last forever, except everyone Knows people who had money that now don't have money. Why? I don't know. It's the way life works. Pastor Melody talked about this thing and that thing, and that's the way life works. We grab hold of things that are temporal, <coughs> things that are have a have a lifespan. He says, "Grab hold of me. I'm eternal. Grab hold of the eternal things of God." He said, "Then." Then you'll be rich. Want to be rich? Grab hold of me. Grab grab hold of who I am. If you do that, then, then you'll be rich. And buy white garments for me so you'll be not be ashamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. And correct discipline. Let me stop there. So that you'll be able to see. So in Laodicea, one of the things that, that they were there is they had two industries. They had... They had an industry that was um, black wool. So their clothing, a lot of their clothing was made out of this black wool, and they were very proud of it. And, and because of that, they were able to trade and, and were wealthy. And they also had a salve that they put on people's eyes, and it helped them be able to see. So it cured some diseases with the eyes. So what's, what's Jesus doing? So they have two industries that are making the money, so they also have a banking industry there where they, they likely are trading gold for stuff. Jesus is directly talking to who they are. Do you remember the story of the rich young ruler? What must I do to inherit eternal life? Right? Keep the commandments. Oh, I've done that. I'm good, right? Jesus says, go and sell all you possess. Give to the poor. Then come and follow me. And he's like, I'm out. I'm not doing that. That's this. They had all the stuff. They had all the things. In fact, they might as well be American. They probably got a pool. In fact, one of the, one of the things about this, uh, this city, when they've, as they've uh, gone through excavation and stuff in that area, one of the things that they found is that they had lots and lots of arenas and theaters, amphitheaters. What, what do you need an arena for and, an, and a theater? Fun. They wanted to have lots of fun. We're rich 
We got stuff. We can do stuff. We don't really need God that much. In fact, if God could just stay out of the equation just a little bit, that'd be great. Right? Like if he could just not call me to more, that's the way that it works. Like they're, they might as well be an American church. Right? They got the stuff. They have all the things. But they didn't have the thing that's eternal. They didn't have the thing that would last. Like they're digging up their city, parts of their city now. It didn't last. Not all of it. Part of the city is, is, is still there, but part of it is being dug up. They had this, this wool for clothing, this black wool. They had this salve for the eyes. Jesus is, is telling them, look, you don't, you don't get it. You're poor, which they thought they were rich. You're naked, and they're like, we got black wool. I don't understand what he's talking about. And you're blind. No, we have stuff for the eyes, right? Like I can see somebody doing that. No. I don't know who he thinks he is. He's talking about the truth earlier. Obviously not. Right? I, I can see somebody at church doing that. As he's reading the story, I can see him shaking her head. And some of you are thinking that now. That's not us. We're good. We're, we're good. I mean, we consult Jesus. But, I mean, really, do we, do we need to do any more? And Jesus says, I wish that you were either hot or cold. Instead, you're just lukewarm. Is it, is it so that we can, hey, it would be great if you could just do more here. It's not about here. Are you, are you helping other people? Right? Like that's, that's why we do food trucks. Y'all realize we, could, we, don't, we didn't have to get a food truck to feed people. There's other ways to feed people. But we wanted to sit and come around people, pray with people, invite people into our life, right, to be able to pray with them, to talk with, their, with them about their struggles. So it's not about the stuff. Like, well, I attend church every Sunday. Fine. But are you being all that God has called you to be? Are you seeking him with everything that you have? My wife will tell you, man, I, this week preparing for this day, I've hardly been able to sleep. Up all night reading the scripture, trying to, Lord, is this really what you want me to talk about? Really? I need you to speak. And we have, we have folks that, not just, not just in this room, not just joining us online, not in correctional facilities, all across our country in churches that haven't invited Jesus at all in their life this week and then would call themselves Christian. Right? To say, that, to say I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus and never invite him into your daily life. That's what's happening here. And, and Jesus wants to make sure that you know, hey, I correct and discipline everyone I love. Like this is, <laughs> that's what he's doing in this. Hey, I love you so much. 
I want you to see. I don't want you to stay in that spot. I don't want you lukewarm. I don't want to spit you out. I want you hot or cold. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. That, that idea of indifference there is that complacency, the idea of complacency. Don't be complacent. Don't allow it to be that just, I'm just going to do this Christian thing as long as I get to heaven. Can you imagine if that was our only goal? Except Jesus tells us that we're supposed to pray this way, that heaven would be here. Right? Your will on on earth as it is in heaven. How's that going to happen? That's going to happen through us. But it's not going to happen through lukewarm us. Right? It's only going to happen through hot us or cold us. Not lukewarm. Verse 20 says this. This is the good news. Gosh, this is such good news. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. He's just there knocking. Hey. Can you hear me? I'm here. I'm, I'm still here. I know you're really busy. I know you got stuff to do, but I'm here. I'm still here. Do you need me? I'm here. I'm standing here. I'm knocking. I'm here. I mean, do you pay attention? Do you know me? Do you? I'm here. Hey. I'm here. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He says, if you hear my, this is, this is so powerful. It's a promise from God. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And you should shout hallelujah. No test. No requirements. He stands at the door and knocks. He stands at the door and knocks. And if you hear his voice and you open the door, he will come in. That's the good news. That, that while, we're making, while we're making poor decisions, while we're, while we're going off in our own direction, while we're choosing everything else on earth instead of him, he's standing there knocking. And if we will just hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. That he wants to be in your life. And he will, he will stand there and be patient and knock and knock and knock. And if you'll just hear his voice and respond, he will come in. Listen, he says, and we will share a meal together as friends. That's fellowship, right? Like if you'll, if you'll hear him. If you'll respond to him, he will come in and he will fellowship with you. He, he will be, that's all he wants is to, for you to be in relationship with him. In the kind of relationship where you talk to him daily so that he can set your course, so that he can, so that he can move you in the direction that you would go. So that if you need to be therapeutic today in the life of other people, you would be that. So that if you needed to be encouragement today in the life of other people, you realize that when, when we give our life to Christ, our life no longer is our own. 
that we're his and that we get an opportunity to live for him every day. Because if we try to hold on to our life, what scripture say? It says that we'll lose it. Why? Because it's temporal. Everyone here is going to die. Y'all realize that? Everyone, everyone here is going to, everyone, your flesh is going to go away, but your soul, it lives forever. Where is it going to be? With Jesus? He's standing. He's knocking. He's standing. He's there. He's knocking. What are you going to, you just want to be complacent? Just want to be okay? Just be good. I'm good. I'm good. Be okay with being okay. What what do you want? He says, those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with his father. He says, look, everything that I have, you're going to have access to. In verse 22, it says, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. If you're in this room, you get the opportunity today to to respond to God. It's that simple. You get the opportunity. You, you can choose. And I, I mean, just knowing the scriptures, that there would have been people in the church at Laodicea that would say, this guy is crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And there will be people in here that think that correctional facilities, nursing homes, Somersville. There'll be folks that think Pastor Q blew his shot. I don't know know what he was talking about. But some of you are going to have ears to hear today. For some of you, you will make the decision for the first time to respond to the knock. But today will be the day of salvation in some of your lives. But if if we're honest, for some of you, it's an opportunity for you to move from being lukewarm to either hot or cold. The invitation from Jesus is for for him to come into your life and to sit at the table with you. That some of you need to make a decision that today you're going to have lunch with Jesus. That today my life is going to be different. I am not going to be the same. That today I will not leave this place the same way that I came in. That I, I won't continue to be lukewarm. I won't just allow the circumstances of life to dictate all the things that I'm going to think or say or do. But no, I'm going, to, I'm going to grab hold of Jesus because he can set my course. He can, he can help me decide what my day should look like. And some of you, some of you will make that decision and it will be amazing. You won't believe what God will do in and through you. pastor as your pastor my heart would be that everyone would leave here answering the door and I know that's not going to happen
doesn't matter about everybody else. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's standing there knocking. He's knocking. You get to decide. Are you going to answer or not? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iHeartChurch.com. Dot online. We love you and have a great day.